shots callers, brawlers. We'll be dipping in the bins with the spoilers. On the low first day, when the tallest. Wanna bumble with the B, huh? Throw a hex on the whole family. Dressed in all black like the homie. Little intro there. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. And speaking of the Benjamins, we all love making that money. Hey, that's why we play FanDuel and DraftKings. But speaking of Benjamins, what happened to those Benjamins this weekend? As the receivers, Kelvin and Travis, this past weekend were just awful. We will discuss those duds and others along with some emerging stars in our week four report. Hello everyone, welcome. I am your host, Dana Salzarulo for FSLineups.com, the leaders in fantasy sports lineups. Even with the busts, we still managed to go four and two with our six pack of lineups for a third week in a row. As much as I'd love to win them all, I'm truly satisfied with a consistent winning record for our members and listeners. Becoming a member is, in fact, fast and easy. Just visit us online at fslineups.com. Paid members get a six unique lineups developed from top lineup optimizers, statistical projection forecasts, and DFS gurus to bring you a lineup assortment from multiple perspectives. All right, this week we will change it up and tackle each individual matchup rather than go position by position. So grab a pen, a piece of paper if you wish, take some notes, or simply sit back and absorb the information. We welcome your input on today's format versus previous weeks. Send us a message on social media or email us through the website. Due to the length and time constraints, we will break our podcast into two parts. Today will be Thursday night through Sunday, the 1 o'clocks, and tomorrow we will upload Friday tomorrow Friday we will have part two with the remainder of week four okay Thursday night starts off with the Miami Dolphins at the Cincinnati Bengals since he is an eight-point favorite up from seven under over is now 46 and a half up from 43 and a half Miami has had trouble two weeks in a row against Cody Kessler led Browns and previous weeks Garoppolo led Patriots this could factor well for a struggling anti-Dalton who only had two touchdown passes through the first three weeks, but is a, not a guy to target, in my opinion. Since he's backfield platoon of both Bernard and Hill also make it difficult to key in on a worthy point-scoring candidate. The best Bengal to target, I feel, is A.J. Green, who's averaged 11 targets a game, nearly 100 yards a game, but only has one catch so far for six. That could very well change tonight, though. Dolphins' Tannehill, who we really liked last week, is a decent play tonight. Since he has given up an average of 19 points a game, Miami's receiver core of Stills, Parker, and Landry is nice. But Landry, uh, Landry is the clear focal point, even with the questionable shoulder. He has the third most targets in the league behind Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. The running back situation is a mess in Miami and a hard to target as Drake, Damian Williams, Isaiah Pete, and J.A.J. Uh, all see action while Foster remains sidelined. 
So a little recap there. We like Jarvis Landry and A.J. Green and slight Tannehill. On to Sunday, we have an early 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time game. This game is going to be played in London. The Indianapolis Colts take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. What opened as the Jaguars being a two-and-a-half-point favorite is uh, now reversed as the Colts are now favored by two-and-a-half. The under-over lingers at a bloody good 49-and-a-half, making it a game worth targeting. The Colts given up 81 points, and the Jags have given up 84 points through three games. So why can't we see a barn burner in England? Fans will be besides themselves after watching boring one to nothing or two to one soccer matches. So neither team has a talented backfield as Ivory has yet to get it going for Jacksonville. And Frank Gore, although solid in Indy, simply doesn't get enough touches. That leads our focus to the pass game, which slows the clock and aids the potential for more points. Both quarterbacks, Luck and Bortles, are able to put up big numbers on any given Sunday, uh, if things, of course, go their way. Both teams have high-targeted receivers. Colts have T.Y. Hilton, and the Jags have Allen Robinson, both whom I expect to have big games. Secondary receivers that could see some love are the Colts tight end duo Jack Doyle and Dwayne Allen, who have a combined 22 receptions, 250 yards, and three touchdowns so far through the first three games. Doyle, I feel, is the better of the two, and the best wide receiver option is Dorsett, um, besides T.Y. Hilton, of course, um, with Moncrief being on the shelf for the next four to six weeks. But only had uh, got five targets last week, so he's a little risky. Uh, Bortles has um, a good pack of next options with Lee Hearns and tight end Julius Thomas. The game targets, mm, both quarterbacks are solid. Luck more than Bortles. Uh, love T.Y. Hilton and Robinson, along with Doyle, who should be a bargain at tight end. Gore is the best running back option if cheap enough and uh, could possibly be a good flex option on DraftKings. The first 1 o'clock Sunday game, the winless Cleveland Browns will visit the Washington Redskins, who have gone from a 6.5 point favorite to a now 8 point favorite, with the under over squeaking up from 45.5 to 46.5. The Skins squeaked one out to potentially save their season from falling off the cliff and from that dreaded 0-3 start last week in New York. Uh, both managed, uh, <clears throat> both management and struggling quarterback Kirk Cousins got a sign of relief after the win, but they can, but can they regain that hunger after that? Uh, you know, in order to defeat the lowly Browns without taking them too lightly. I personally think so. Uh, cousins like Tannehill last week could put up healthy numbers in the air. Washington's Crowder, Deshaun Jackson, who should be healthy enough to play, and Pierre Garçon could all have good games. Uh, Cleveland's prior is gaining a lot of attention since Coleman broke his hand and is out about six weeks. 
uh, as he's become one of the two main targets for the Brown. Isaiah Crowell is the other and has been decent out of the backfield, but is not getting enough pass targets to make him a multifaceted back. At tight end, Gary Barnage's stock has dropped a lot this year as he only has nine receptions for 103 yards through the first three games, which is quite dismal. Jordan Reed, tight end for uh, Washington, continues to be a top-tier guy, uh, but has to share the love with three other worthy receivers, uh, which means four solid guys to cover, which has the making of a tough day for the, Brown, the Browns' defensive secondary. Matt Jones, averaging 12 carries a game, should factor very little, as Cousins is averaging 327 yards in the air. Targets, uh, we like Cousins at quarterback a lot. Terrell Pryor uh, should have defensive back Coleman on him, who covered um, Beckham last week, Odell Beckham, and uh, is one of the top DBs in the game. So Pryor may look good in paper, but um, as long as Cleveland's limited offensive options are there, He's a fade in my book, but still could put up okay numbers if they force the ball to him, and we'll just have to see. I also like Crowder as a cheap wide receiver option. Tight end Reed is pricey, but easily could see a touchdown pass. Barnage could actually be a sleeper with a lot of the defense focused on prior, so they got to move the ball somehow, and they have to pass it to someone, so that's where... You know, Barnage could come in and also be a, uh, a low percent ownage player, um, which some people like to take in GPP tournaments. Next one o'clock game, the New England Patriots attempt to remain unbeaten in New England as the Buffalo Bills are in town for an AFC East matchup. With the uncertainty of Garoppolo playing, uh, the Vegas books are without an under over in this game. And the Pats are ranging anywhere from a four to six point favorite. Both Garoppolo and Brissett have been practicing and built with Bill Belichick, I should say. Uh, we really aren't going to know who's going to be starting until the coin toss. Needless to say, neither quarterback is a target in my book. But uh, as long, um, <clears throat> I should say, uh, it, none if. Neither of them are 100% healthy. Uh, McCoy has been a bright spot for the struggling Bills as he has three scores and is getting more than his fair share of touches. For the Patriots' LeGarrette Blanc, he's also been a workhorse pounding out the ground game. He has 75 carries to be exact through three games, which has helped the young quarterbacks to mix in the passing game. New England's defense has been a nice surprise, especially after shutting out Houston last week 27-0. They will need it as Buffalo has put up 64 points the last two games. Bills are 32 in the league in passing yards, but ninth on the ground. Buffalo's top, receivers has, top receiver only has 118 yards through three games, which is a big ouch. That means we still don't expect much, nor want to throw good money at our receiving crew made up of Sammy Watkins, Woods, and Goodwin. Tight end Gronkowski did get his feet wet last game and may play a larger role, but is on hold, in my opinion, until Brady comes back for Week 5. 
Julian Edelman is the main weapon with his 18 receptions, although is yet to have a score. Bennett has one, Hogan has one, and Amendola has two. This game is risky as it could easily be a 33-30 game as much as it could be a 17-13 lower scoring game. Targets, uh, we like Blunt, 25 carries a game, but no receptions. Uh, but yet again, he is the early down back and more importantly, the goal line back. Seattle Seahawks visit the Meadowlands as Ryan Fitzpatrick's New York Jets look to redeem themselves after last week's meltdown. Fitzpatrick was picked more times than someone's afro last Sunday. <laughs> well, six times to be exact. The Seahawks are a two and a half point favorite down from the opening three and a half while the under or over has stayed a dismal 40 and a half. Not a game you want to focus on, but Seattle's wide receiver Doug Baldwin has reassured fantasy players he is healthy enough in Russell Wilson's top target, where he caught 8 of 10 passes last week for a career-high 164 yards and one touchdown. Granted, they put up 37 on San Fran in Week 3, but prior to that, scored 12 week 1 and 3 in week 2. Christine Michael is looked in as Seattle's or I should say locked in as Seattle's top back as Rawls is still expected to miss multiple weeks as a shin injury is a little worse than expected. Even in a tough matchup, Michael is a solid mid-tier salary back while the Jets' Matt Forte is much of the same. Expect a uh, higher salary with him and any offensive weapons that the Jets may have like Marshall, Decker, or Inunua all are pretty risky versus the Seahawks defense that's given up an average of 12 points game the first three guys focus uh, just Baldwin at receiving and uh, Michael once again um, I should say once was a bargain salary but may have crept up a little too high but uh worth checking out. Next 1 o'clock we have the 1-2 and two Carolina Panthers, not that I expected them to be there, versus the 2-1 and one Atlanta Falcons. Lots of Vegas action on this game as the Falcons were a three-point favorite, but now the Panthers are a three-point favorite. That's a six-point swing. Under-over also has moved the, the uh, from 46.5 to 50.5, making this another great game to target. So back to all the Benjamin stuff. Kelvin got us a big fat zero last week. But Cam Newton said this morning that will not happen again. Offensive coordinator Mike Shula stated he will find a way to work him into the offense and get him the ball more. So little assurance for those Benjamin owners. And he should see plenty versus the Falcons defense. Look for a bounce-back week similar to the San Fran game. Other targets, tight end Greg Olson is another top pickup. For the Falcons air game, veteran Matt Ryan looks good with 323 yards a game on average, seven touchdowns and just one INT. Julio Jones was deadly, yet pricey as they come. Uh, I say that because he has yet to have more than five receptions in a game and just uh, just one against the Saints. Um, high risk there. Um, 
There's also Jacob Tam getting 14 receptions so far and one touchdown. He does have other options along with Sanu. The running back platoon of Freeman and Coleman has worked out for them, been very effective, but not what fantasy players want to see as uh, taking either one can be pretty risky because you don't know which one of them is going to be getting the scoring. Um, with a superstar defender like Luke Keekley on their team, it's uh, hard to love Atlanta to put up a ton of points on the Panthers, especially after a bad loss in which Coach Rivera needs to get them back to 500 ball. Now, Atlanta's defense has more holes, but without veteran Jonathan Stewart for still a few more weeks, they're going to rely on Whitaker and Artis Payne, along with uh, some scrambles by Cam, of course, on the ground. Targets, uh, tight end Tam is a consistent favorite. Benjamin should bounce back if affordable. Newton is always an option because of his ability to get you points both on the ground and in the air. I just can't put a falcon on it, a finger on any of the falcons. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, okay, we got three more one o'clockers to go. We have the Detroit Lions visiting the Bears in Chicago. Detroit has gone from a one-point fave to a three-point favorite, while the under-over has inched up from 46 to 47 and a half. Not a bad game to target. In fact, we love Drew Stafford and Marvin Jones, that connection, and uh, should pick apart the Bears' secondary. Unfortunately, it looks like the young Bears are going to drop to 0-4. Stafford has lots of worthy receiver options to get the ball to. The ground game is still a work in progress with Riddick, who is used to being the third down passing back, but uh, has had to take on a larger role due to Abdullah's injury in week one. The Bears have Hoyer again at quarterback, with top targets being Alshon Jeffrey and up-and-coming Kevin White. The tight end, Zach Miller who has grown uh, a liking to also. He's been getting a lot of targets. Uh, rookie Jeremy Langford had been struggling ever since a decent week one, but was injured early last week and opened the door for Jordan Howard, who welcomes the larger role. Eddie Royal does have two touchdowns, but is really a fourth option for Hoyer and is a fade even though he's uh, a low salary option. As far as targets, we, we love Stafford as we anticipate yet another 300-plus yard game and uh, hopefully a handful of touchdowns. Marvin Jones Jr., although pricey, is probably worth the money. White is a bargain-wide receiver if you need someone low salary, along with Howard and Riggett, Riddick as cheaper flex plays, especially on DraftKings. Jeffrey's a solid receiver but I don't know if I would pay that kind of salary for him. Next are the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Texans are a five-point favorite eh, with the games under over at 40.5. This is not a game we want to target as both teams have been struggling offensively. Houston, as we mentioned before, was shut out by the Patriots and need to get guys like Hopkins and Fuller into that air attack game. But unfortunately, Brock Osweiler is just not getting it done 
as the whole receiving staff's numbers are pretty sad. On a high note, Lamar Miller has 74 touches out of the backfield in 11 receptions or so and uh, has been a reliable point source for fantasy players. The Texans will also be without Pro Bowl pass rusher J.J. Watt, which can only help Mariota and the Titans, who are struggling in the air also. Uh, Tajay Sharp had a solid week one, but has been a little quiet since. Delaney Walker and Rashard Matthews, uh, also the same. As total receptions are 14, 9, and 11 for those through for those three through the thir- first three games. Like Miller, Murray has been Tennessee's Mr. Consistent and is starting to come on strong. Another total back that can run and catch. Targets, not a game to target, like I said, but if you need a consistent back, uh, Miller and Murray could be some options for you. Finally, to close out the early Sunday slate, the Oakland Raiders are in Baltimore to tackle the Ravens. Baltimore is a three and a half point favorite unchanged uh, so far this week with an under over of 46 and a half, which is up from a 45 point opening. The undefeated Ravens, led by Joe Flacco, have done just enough to stay undefeated. Kicker Tucker uh, actually has been perfect so far, 9 for 9 in field goals and 4 for 4 on extra points, is accountable for 31 of Baltimore's 57 total points. Mike Wallace has caught all three of Joe's touchdowns, but only 10 receptions. Steve Smith has 16, and tight end Dennis Pitta has 20 targets the last two games, which leads the team with 18 receptions. Forsett may soon lose his job to Terrence West as coaching is seeking some changes, even though Forsett's and West numbers are pretty similar. Uh, this just adds to the uncertainty of who to play, if anyone, in the backfield. Derek Carr has been respectable so far this year, averaging 289 yards and has a 5-1 to one touchdown res- to interception ratio. He has a solid group of uh, receivers in Cooper and Crabtree. And uh, tight end Wolford has quietly put up some nice numbers. Seth Roberts only has seven receptions, but does have two scores. Latavius Murray's is the Raiders' lead back. And although he doesn't get a ton of touches, he is averaging a touchdown a game and will do just enough on the ground to... Uh, keep the Ravens secondary honest and open up that air attack. As far as targets, Pitta is an affordable tight end and gets plenty of looks. With a score, it could equal a big game. Carr, Murray, Crabtree are okay options, and Seth Seth Roberts could be a very cheap sleeper. That wraps up the early games. Tomorrow, Friday, we will podcast Sunday it's uh, 4 o'clock's late game and, of course, the Monday night matchup. Be sure to come back and listen and tell your friends. We really appreciate our growing audience and site members. This is Dana Salzarulo for FSLineups.com signing off. We will see you tomorrow. Take care.